Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Peters, my co-host, Craig Poston, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finances. So that this guy is talking about like business plans and stuff, and like the people were wondering why a lot of people don't follow through on their business plans they finished up on, like say the, the year before. Yeah. Right. And it's because like it's it's very logical. Like it's like I'm gonna do this and then do this and then do this and then and uh they found that logical stories are very boring. Right, like how many people actually watch documentaries versus like watching the movie adaptation or show adaptation mm-hmm. of the yeah yeah like like just think of like like when you're talking about like Jeffrey Dahmer right how many people watched the Dahmer like I think it was Netflix series yeah yeah they, over yeah. over the the Dahmer documentaries that have been out for like decades yeah yeah and and I guess that's everything right we we all want to be entertained and education but somehow some reason has made it where it's not entertainment it, it bores us even though it, in a sense it's still entertaining it, it just yeah. it's not in the same way yeah all right i think it's like it's just because it's very logical as in like it's a b c one two three right it's not like there's no like melody to it it's not like we're singing a b c it's yeah. not like we're michael jackson right? yeah 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 like he, I, he made that stuff like looking good right yeah. but it was because like there was some sort of entertainment attached to it right that's why like in in when you're kids and stuff or like elementary school, like they'll sing certain things, right? Yeah. Like to to remember things because it's more entertaining, it's more helpful. But you know, as they get older and stuff, it becomes a little bit less entertaining. It becomes a little bit less like cheerful. It's very binary, yeah. very very in the brain that this will be learned. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, speaking on that one, we were talking about entertainment as a child. I mean, I, I guess that's something we, we try not to lose because I know I'm, I want to start working on that where I'm still, I'm entertained like a kid. Like, you, you know, you have yeah, it or, yeah. or have, uh, and not say entertained, but like more have that enthusiasm like a yeah. kid. So I, I can like want to learn more or do more, you know, not want to sit in the house and I now want to go, let me, let me go walk this trail or let me go to the park or let me go, you know, try this new gym out, you know, just like yeah. do stuff like everything's brand new to you. you like, yeah. Hey. So that, that would be actually pretty cool. I, I think that's, Probably what my mind is geared toward on real estate. I've kind of mm. gotten a little into it, excited about it. Uh, even though real estate investor is not my primary goal, it's, it's yeah. actually another goal behind that. But real estate actually helps me get there because yeah. I, I, I would like to own more, like come to owning businesses and st- uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And with having assets, you know, this is what I think. Yeah, because I haven't just researched it enough or either applied for enough things. But like when you have assets, the bank seems like they, they want to talk to you. You know, yeah. you have something to lose. You got good credit. You got something to lose if you have, you know, if you mess it up. You got yeah. the income. You don't want to just lose your income. You got money that you put down so you, you have skin in the game. And yeah. I mean, all these things feel like they're, you know, a reason why a bank would want to give you money to go fund a project that you want to work on so yeah it was because you have a uh, more leverage yeah right? like a uh, credit score is leverage assets are leverage your your time is leverage right income is leverage it's just that you just have more of that than another person yeah. right or like just like the common person common consumer that's just trying to get another house for like personal purposes but like the, the child thing a lot of people will talk about what kind of keeps them invigorated is having that that childlike curiosity yeah right like like not assuming anything right like so like for example like when you, you said like finding different workouts right like don't assume that it's going to be bad just because it's cardio yeah right don't don't assume that it's just going to drain you just because you haven't done it in a while like just yeah. have the curiosity to do it 
and execute on it. Like, don't worry about all the things that you just don't know. Just just focus on what you want to do. And it, it takes like a lot of that anxiety out of you because you're not focusing on, on the neg- necessarily the negatives yeah. um, or things that could be detrimental to you. I'm not saying just you know, jump off a cliff because you want to, <laughs> right? Like don't, don't have that type of curiosity. Have like a, a logical or educating curiosity to where, yeah, running a mile, it might be exhausting because I haven't done it, but why not do it? Yeah. Right. Don't say, well, I'm going to run a mile. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to probably like pull a hamstring or whatever it is. Right. Just, just go out and do it. Yeah. And I know that's like easy for some people to say and easy for others to say, but, or not easy for people to say, but, um, I mean, there, there's, we, we talked about it before, like the analysis by paralysis type of thing Yeah, where you overanalyze something, you think about it too much to where you end up focusing on not doing it. And you kind of give yourself those reasons or excuses at the end on why you didn't do it, right? Why you're not going to the gym, why you're not eating a certain way, why you're not making a certain amount of money, right? It's just uh, yeah. more excuses or reasons not to do something. Yeah. On that curiosity. Yeah. I went to actually swim at like an ice cold lake. Uh, so open water is something I want to, I want to start doing open water swimming. That is yeah. something I want to do. And uh, I, I'm very curious because I know it requires, you know, more training. Uh, yeah. I've already tried the other thing where I, I go for a run and then after the run, I go for a swim because actually it, in the end, of it, it felt good on my muscles, yeah. uh, especially after a run. And uh, and then in a sense, you're still you're, you're working out. I actually working out harder than a run because oh, you're yeah. working out a lot. <laughs> but it, it feels different because you're in this cold pool right because we have one in our neighborhood and, and that's what i've done i actually went for a run and then after dropping my son off and everything changing clothes and all that then i go go for a swim mm. yeah so they, yeah, that's really good yeah, i like swimming because like and we kind of touched on it before but like it, it works more than just or it's more than just cardio right yeah. like it's it's a pretty full workout um, yeah and especially like if you don't know how to swim properly it can become like a even more workout because like you're you're kicking your legs improperly yeah you're doing your like whatever stroke you're doing you're doing that improperly so it's it's moving you're still moving those muscles and you're like trying to focus on the distance yeah and so you're just kind of pulling yourself instead of like properly like gliding through yeah the water so yeah i found that like i i get more sore if i'm doing something improperly versus doing something properly. yeah i found out that different volumes of water actually helps out with that gliding because like here oh, yeah. in my neighborhood the pool i think the deepest is four feet uh, it, but it's they set it up like a lap pool though yeah uh, the i went to like the ymca and the deepest they have is seven feet i think yeah. like that yeah and then but uh the the minimum was four feet so it, was, it went from four feet all the way to seven feet all the way yeah. across right and I was noticing how when I was swimming there, it was a lot easier to glide. Uh, when I took my breaths, I still I had that pocket that they always talk about. You get this pocket so you can yeah. breathe. Like it, I, like it had all that. It was I didn't. I was like, there's definitely a difference uh, in the the different types of volume of water, and it makes it, it keeps me interested. And I was like, man, I want to try because I want to get to the point where I can I can dive. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah so I want to dive. And and when I'm saying dive, not like dive off a board, but like dive like it. As in go like deep, deep, deep water diving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, learn how to uh, build up that lung capacity mm. uh, for that. So I think all those things are pretty cool. So, and then like next time we go to like a, 
some type of beach or whatever. Like I can go deeper out and then yeah. go down and go see like the reefs or whatever, right? Whatever is there in the area. So that I guess that's more like the trying to keep that kid like mentality. Like I'm gonna yeah. explore. I want to go try something. Try something new. And so you're trying to glide in the kiddie pool next or? Yeah, yeah, you know what? That, that, that's it's like a great idea. Like <laughs> with two inches of water. <laughs> but no, I, I think me taking more of an interest interest in swimming, my kids also took more interest in swimming, uh, which they yeah. are already interested. But like they were watching me, watching my technique that I was doing, which I'm not a great swimmer, but I was making it happen. But then they, I look at them and they're like out swimming me. Cause they they picked they they picked it up quicker <laughs> like, well, like I, mean, I think it's if you're good motivated too especially as a parent right you're like yeah um, like saying like sports or, yeah or like and, and swimming right like you would try to pick up on some stuff and it, then they like do it and then they're doing better and you're like well I can't have these kids <laughs> like beat me like they don't think they can punk me after this like, yeah this happened they yeah they'll challenge you like my son yeah. they, he's quick to challenge me like why do you want to go over to dad. Dude, go over to that. They're like, you know, yeah. like, yo, yo, kid, get out of my face. It's like, who are you here? Yeah, yeah, because because I knew because I knew what he was doing. Because like, if I went to the deep end, then he was gonna follow me. So that's why oh, he was trying to, yeah, yeah, he was trying to get me to go over there because he because I was staying with him and yeah. I let my daughter go and uh, they basically did a water test on her, see if she how good she was. And they're like, okay, she's good to go. And then like uh, then he wanted to go over there, but I was like. Nah, you're not going over there, kid. Because I, I know what's going to happen. Because if he gets tired, he's going to look for me to come get him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, man, I don't know how to uh, do rescue yet. So yeah. no. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to be like underwater trying to pick him up. Yeah, I know, right? I think uh, Jim Rohn, he has like a pretty good story about that. Where I kind of like why kids kind of enjoy like showing off to their, not necessarily showing off, but like talking to their parents about like what they showed up. And stuff like that is because people love giving credit to their benefactor. Yeah. Like it gives them like a, a sense of joy to say, Hey, you taught me this and I'm doing so great at it now. Like looking like I'm doing great at swimming, I'm doing great at sports, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, right. And that's great to like, teach them different things, whether it's like a different yeah. sport, a different type of like workout. I think that's awesome from like, a, a physical standpoint, you know, teaching them different things about life. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, certain things aren't easy. Certain things could be education, whatever it is. I think, I think those are really cool because it, it gives them something tangible to kind of work on and show to you at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad they are curious like that because right now they're doing basketball. Uh, both of them are doing it. My son was doing football. He found out that he doesn't like football as much as a big, like he, yeah. He, he exert, uh, he has to exert a lot of energy, but he's not doing a lot of running. And, oh, and I think the other thing is that the spotlight is not on him. And when, <laughs> well, yeah, when it comes to football, you, you know, you don't get the spotlight unless you're running the ball or you're, you're or, uh, you know, you're intercepting or, you know, you're doing something or you're the receiver, like, yeah. or the quarterback. He really, I think he realized that. And, and he got tired of being like, he was like a blocker. He would run the ball, but like, it was hard for people to block for him. So then not. Now he gets tackled because yeah. his startup was slower to once he grabbed the ball than the takeoff. Yeah. And I was teaching him how to like, you know, move quicker. Yeah. So like, I was like, all right. Yeah. So like it, it, for him though, it was, since it was the startup, I told him, I was like, Hey, what you can do is get, get more of a run going because yeah. it takes you too long to like, he's not a quick, like, Hey, yeah. from stop to start. He like, he's not quick with it. And uh, yeah. so like, to do somewhere he has the momentum to take off because he, he he's actually pretty quick. It's just 
not from stop, you know, from a standstill point. And then you have like other kids who are quick like that. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you guys told me some stuff on like, like Tyreek Hill or, uh, or, uh, Barry said. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if we get, the, we start to watch some videos, he'll, the, the interest is there, but then it goes away. He yeah. wants to watch other things on YouTube. So, like, yeah. The, yeah it, it, which, you know, they are entertaining and it's cool, but like, it's not the stuff that's improving him on the things he likes to do, which he's still young. He's still young. But I was, you know, I'm trying to like plant that seed of that curiosity to like, hey, this is something you're interested in. Learn more. Same for my daughter. My, you know, like I, thought, I said before, my daughter acts like she, she's naturally, uh, like she like has it naturally. She just has that confidence, but she doesn't have it naturally. So like, yeah. like yeah, she doesn't have all the skills to like, you know, make sure she's a great basketball player or like a, a, a very good at gymnastics because that's something she she does. Because we took her classes down to like, you know, more of a tumble than team because she was on team. And, yeah. you know, I think what last season, they won a podcast where I was in Fort Worth with oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was on team. And uh, they they were winning, but we, we we thought she could do better, though. And then also it gets costly. So then we were, like, letting her know. It's like, hey, you want to do multiple things or you don't do one thing? Like, yeah. you know, Vic, you know. <laughs> So then you really find out what their true desire is. Then, yeah, I think with stuff like like football, like for for your son and stuff, probably getting into some of like track and stuff. Because I know a lot of people mm. like like in middle school and high school, they would like offset that with their off season. Yeah, they'd go to football and then track. And yeah, that's the yeah, they learn how to run. Yeah, yeah, that, that. yeah. yeah. It helps them learn how to run, especially like if they do like the short distances, helps them with acceleration and stuff like that, or even like uh, the hurdles. And stuff that helps them with their their jumps. Yeah, that that's for. I, I guess what we were talking about earlier, though, the whole house thing, like trying to decide uh, about buying a primary residence in the process of you know buying investment property. You know, where should the focus be? But then when it comes to like you know family, the kids, all that, you want them in a good school system. But then you can't use you. You had like a a good comment to this, like was it uh, Joe Rome or oh Jim Rome. Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn, sorry. And it was about the, I guess, the softness in the, in the key. Oh, Braves, that's so adversity. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so a, a lot of people said it, but um, the the one that I spoke about was what uh, Joe Rogan said. Oh, Rogan. So, okay, okay. Yeah, so Rogan was saying that um, uh, hard times create hard people. Hard people create soft times. Soft times create soft people. Soft people create hard times. Mm-hmm. As in... If I went through hard times and I wanted it to be better for my future generations and future family, then it would more than likely be a little bit softer for them, right? Say if I yeah. grew up in a middle-class family or uh, an impoverished family and I wanted it to, and I somehow became in like a higher middle-class or higher class, yeah, um, that would be a different environment than what I grew up in. Yeah. Right? I have kids, they, they grew up in a little bit softer lifestyle and then when they grow up, they'll probably get accustomed to the buff style, but they may not work as hard for it. Mm, yeah. Right. So, and then that creates soft times, soft time or soft, that creates soft people. I should say the soft people will create hard times because they won't work as hard. They won't do what's needed. They'll kind of take certain things for, or take advantage of certain things. And that creates hard times because now that there's people that aren't working for it, they probably can't keep up with a certain level of income, certain level of wealth, certain level of uh, values. They then create hard times, and then it starts to cycle again. Oh, uh, and, and talking to is that like 
one of the like leading statistics is for people that are of wealth is that it will go past three generations right of their own family as in like starting with me and then my kid and then my grandkids after that there probably won't be not necessarily just wealth but certain knowledge is probably missing uh certain teachings are gone values are probably gone because it's so diluted away from you the person that started the wealth um and it's because of that like that you created those hard times or you created those soft times so that it it's less incentivizing less adversity for the the next generation which is good and bad right like you want to work hard so that you make your kids lives a little bit better all right but to what detriment right yeah does it now make them take advantage of certain things right as in like you had to work like you didn't get certain things right like you yeah let's say like toys or something something simple right certain toys certain uh levels of education right like it's not like you were getting tutoring all the time right yeah and it's not bad to have those things but is the value of that as in will this create a better person and will it create a better generation who knows yeah right and then that's why like people see it on the news like a lot of people of previous generations they'll complain about the new generation right it happens all the time like it, you know doesn't matter which generation which generation right but it's millennials gen z's boomers gen, whatever it is right it's it's always going to happen because in the end we created a newer generation that's a little bit softer because we fought the wars we did all the things that we needed to do to make it easier to make it more protected here at least in our in our community of, of like america and stuff yeah I can see that because uh, I mean I, I noticed it. Say my my nephew, like you can tell things uh, for him were a little different than for me and my sister. Even though my sister, it was different for her than for me. So like it, it and and it's like you can tell the difference in in the different generations where it was how it was uh, how it changed. All right. So when I lived with my mom, it wasn't always the greatest living with my my mom, and I love my mom and everything. But uh, that's, I think I learned my first piece of uh, responsibility from her, right? She basically made me stay home at eight years old to watch my sister. So I was the babysitter because she couldn't afford a babysitter. And it kind of makes you have a different mentality. Like you you learn how to, you know, protect people or take care of people. If you see somebody that's in harm, you want to make sure you can help them. And also you, you learn something else in the process as you get older, then you like, you can't help people until your footing is firm. Right. Yeah. And so that's something else you learn, but uh, from, you know, having that part where my mom couldn't afford to have a babysitter, basically tell us don't answer the door for anybody uh, yeah. except me, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, 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 let you know, yeah. Let you know what food was uh, at home or whatever, or sometimes she would, forget to tell us what to what to cook or make or whatever right and uh i remember that's when i used to eat syrup sandwiches uh which yeah, is not yeah. the it's not the best di- diet for a kid but uh, like you do something just to eat to get you know uh hey you don't have anybody to watch you so right you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna eat this but and my and, and you know i made sure my sister was safe i'm not sure how long the ship was because i was a kid i didn't i didn't have that same time of concept right yeah now as i do now as an adult uh, so I didn't measure time how alone uh, that I was there, but I was alone, and uh, and I made sure she was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I think that's part of that, that that growing up and trying to figure out how to give some of that responsibility, which is a little bit of uh, adversity for a child. That you know, that's that's a little bit of adversity. So you try to figure a way to 
give that same responsibility to them so they can understand how to be responsible for themselves. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm already trying to do the trust thing, letting them, uh, you know, spend the night at their friend's house. Yeah, that, that's something that, you know, as a parent, it's hard to let go of that type of stuff because then you, it's hard to trust people these days. But yeah. it, it's something that, okay, you got to let go. Your life is not, your life is very different from their life. And I did, I wasn't raised in a neighborhood where I can trust the family or, right. yeah, and the the same as like, hey, yeah, it's okay. Your kids can come over here and uh, my kids can go over there. You know, it's like, that's that's all new to me. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing I have to look internally and realize that things are different for your kids. They're not the same for you. And then you just have to keep, you know, keep accepting that, that is different and provide the responsibility for them to understand that, Hey, you need to make sure this, you need to do that. Like I make my daughter more responsible, carry your phone, you know, so you can reach out to people. It's something that, you know, if you get in trouble or, or something happens or, you know, just, it, it's just different. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had a phone at 10, 10 years old, but yeah. it's like, it's so, it's so different now that, you know, I had to look at it from this angle back when I was a kid, everyone had a, uh, we call it a house phone, right? You basically yeah. had a, yeah, you had, yeah, landline, right? Not many people have that now. No. Uh, and then I had to look like, okay, well, if that's the, the way it is, then maybe she should have a cell phone so she can communicate with her fan, friends and communicate with us to let us know what's going on. Uh, that doesn't be my question. Is like, uh, so, you know, same thing. I didn't have her phone until it's like 15 or 16 or yeah. something like that. And like we, we had landlines, though. Like we had landlines when I was a kid. Um, that's how you call people. My question would have been like, what was the shift for you to allow your kid to, to have a phone at such a young age, right? Where, yeah. Like we, it's not like one phones weren't like incredibly common, right? Um, yeah. Especially like smartphone ones as they are now in, in this market. But like, what was that, that, that kind of shift for you? It, it was, it was really that I had to think back when I was a kid, did, did you used to talk to your friends? And I was a, I was a yes. I definitely did. I talked to my friends on the phone. I just didn't talk as much because it was, it wasn't my phone line, right? Yeah. It was my parents' phone line. So like, I would, you know, if you wanted to call a friend real quick, you can talk to them, uh, you know, Hey, how are you doing with, you know, Hey, what are we doing tomorrow? Stuff like that. But a lot of times also in the, you know, if you lived all in the same neighborhood, you basically just go knock on their door. Yeah. And, and that's something we don't, uh, we don't do as much. And I mean, even though we couldn't in our neighborhood, we could let them roam free a little bit, but it's, that it's that let it go thing. So that, that mental shift was basically sitting down and thinking about it. She didn't get the phone right away. So it was like, it was literally, I had to go through this thought pattern and then actually my wife still didn't agree with me, but. I, I let her know the reasoning behind it, and then she was kind of like, "Okay, but I don't I don't agree with it." So we we and it does it does bring on more I'm gonna say issues, but it 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 requires you as a parent to be more responsible to understand that now they have a device that they can have access to the internet without messing with your internet, you know. Yeah. So like they can look up anything they want to look up, and yeah. that's one of those things. Is like, okay, all right, what do I need to do to protect them from seeing something they shouldn't see? But then it's like one of those things like you you can't you can't hide them from everything. So then it's more on the lines of just educate them. All right, you see something or something happens, this is probably the the best route to take. You know to you know communicate with us. But yeah, because there's another thing you 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 don't want to shut them down. Because that was one thing that I think you dealt with with your parents from back in the day. You'll shut down on your parents yeah. because if they're too strict or they're or a certain certain way, you're just like well, I want to tell you. You know. I'll tell I'll tell you a lie before I tell you the truth, and I, yeah. because if you can't handle the truth, then you're 
you're acting all, you know, crazy. Like, well, you know, why did you do this and all this? Instead of like, okay, what was their reasoning behind it? Why did they do this? And then, and then actually make it a teaching moment versus like, you know, more of a punishment. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause like, how, how do you create that openness though with your kids to, to allow them to speak with you on those things? Cause, cause like you said, like, I'm not saying that, you know, parenting was bad back in the day. Yeah. It, it probably wasn't, but like, I will say that there are certain levels of empathy that probably weren't there. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm not trying to like overcorrect to where they can just continue to spill out all their, their drama and yeah. all their emotions out. But like, what's that like good balance or how do you create that openness to allow your kids to speak with you on like certain topics that maybe are, might be uncomfortable, but I mean, they still need to, they should still come to you about it rather than somewhere else. Well, I haven't had the real uncomfortable topics yet, but I've, I've definitely had the conversations where it's not the same as my parents. So, you know, I don't know if you came from the same background where your parents would say, do as I say, not as I do type yeah. of stuff, or they didn't want you to question like, okay, why did you want me to do that? Yeah, so they can understand. And it may be a true curiosity to understand. So that part I, I keep open. If I punish them for something, I'll go back and explain why I punished them. Uh, if I said no, I go back and say why I said no. You know, like, instead of like, it's a dead no. You know, I said no because I said so, you know? Yeah. And, and it, I try to make them all te uh, teach <laughs> teachable moments. Because yeah, I, I, my son, he 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 definitely will bring that out of me. He was like, "So why, Dad? So why?" Like he like he like he does that to me. He like so I was like, "All right, so why can't I do it?" I was like, "Okay, all right." So let me, and I that, that's why I try not to get upset because that he may actually be curious about why he can't do something. Because then then he may be a problem solver, right? He's like, "Well, if that's your fear," and he's not saying fear, but he like, "If that's your problem, I can do this." He's became a problem solver versus like, well, I'm shut down. I can't do anything. He learns how to do a workaround, right? He basically yeah. learns how to come up with new ways that, hey, well, I can do this. Same as my daughter, same way. Uh, they try to come up with another way to see if it could, it could be done. And instead of doing it behind your back, they yeah. do it in your face so you can like still correct them, right? Yeah. Can, I was going to say, because like, yeah. that's what does, like they still do that or like the, the other generation will probably still do that. But like you said, they'll do it behind your back. Yeah. Instead of like, instead of explaining it to you or telling you that they're going to do it. Cause in the end, the kid's going to get whatever they want to get. Yeah. Right? At some point, like they're going to figure it out. But yeah, no, I, I think it's good. Like that they have that open dialogue with you on like what their intentions are, or what they plan to do instead. And I, I don't, I, and again, I'm a parent, so I don't know what, what else, like my, my daughter, she's a different age. And so she's not like as young as my son. So she's 10. So I don't, know if she's hiding anything but i try to keep that environment where you could come talk to me i even because one of the the fights was my wife didn't want her to watch a certain show it said tv 14 and usually tv 14 to me is, is still okay but then if my wife doesn't agree then we can't i can't just go against her and go like oh yeah you can watch. yeah so like i have to explain to my daughter i was like well this is why she doesn't want you to watch it and this is what she feels and then I redirect her to something else, right? So, like, we're talking about a different show. This is what, what happens. And and then I told her, like, so this is basically I end up going into, like, well, if you're you're so bent on trying to watch this show, why don't you find something else to do with your time? Like, there, there's so many other things you can work on. You have piano that you that you play, and you go to classes, and you can focus on that. Yeah, I was like, you 
you uh you like architectural stuff you can actually do more reading on the like i kept going down the line of all these other things you can do at a time besides trying to fight over a show that she really wanted to watch and and then she came out with like because i told her about what you know a lot of times i don't get to watch as much tv because i'm actually focusing my time on something else like i I gotta improve my career i got i want to learn about real estate i want to learn about investing i want to learn about all these different things and i was like and i think the focus went back to you know my job and i was like oh yeah i'm doing these things to make make sure i do better at my job and then she came out with uh you know what i do all day because i think we were talking about how you know what she does and what i do and then uh she was like well all I do is learn and, and you go to work and make money. And I, 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 it kind of made me really upset because I was like, I don't go to work just to make money. Like I actually, I told her, I told him, I honestly, I said it like this money ain't shit. And you know, knowledge is everything because with, without, you can be without money, but if you're without knowledge, you won't make money. So the more knowledge you carry, the more money you can make. And, you know. and, and it's a, it's a true statement. And we're not talking about just educational school stuff. We're talking about like if someone taught you something new, that could make you money that just yeah. made you more money right uh, if one example you can use is when they get why, why am i drawing a blank and i love you know so I love there's this whole guy <laughs> i was like on oh, that's one example where uh, that i heard where this guy he was talking about um how what if his neighbors he, they had a daughter i think she was like 18 or 19 and she was working bowling alley right making money i think minimum wage or something like that yeah and he was saying that her, her dad, I think he's a doctor or something, but or he told her that, hey, you should go get like a certification in phlebotic, right? I mean, that like you'll take blood and stuff. And it'll be like, like her wages after that point, I think in that market were about like 25 an hour, uh-huh. right? If she became a phlebotomist, right? It was like 500 bucks, right? To, to get the class and get the certification, whatever it is, right? It's funny because like a lot of people don't see that, right? They see the immediate cost of like the 500 bucks, but they don't see like the exponential amount of at least in wages due to that education they could make right so say if you make like say she didn't have 500 bucks she could probably borrow the 500 bucks from her family mm-hmm. right get the 500 bucks and then within a week or so or two weeks after you know she gets paid she could pay it back yeah right so because she would make that much like 25 bucks an hour right at like 40 uh, hours a week or let's say even 20 if she was part-time right that'd be 500 bucks right there right uh, 20 yeah. 20 hours but there's a lot of people that just don't see the the value because they don't see the immediate value yeah or they like all they all they see is that immediate cost i should say versus the the longer lasting value yep and now now i remember who it is uh grant cardone so when oh yeah yeah he he's he kind of could teach you like just watching his videos like how from nothing you can make money right the a show on discovery and it was it was actually pretty cool i was like man I was like, in 90 days. That's a hot coming. Yeah. 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 And then, like, if you watch uh, some of his interviews and he'll he'll talk about it and, like, just understanding that it was knowledge, they got got him the money versus, like, him just having money to make money because he he understood equity in a company. He understood how to make connections. He understood all those different things. And he, that's how he was able to build so quickly versus a person who's, you're going to take your, your income that you make, invest it, you know, pile it up, invest it, pile it up, invest it. Right. And, and that's a slower process. But then a person who could take some money that they probably had saved, but they had all these connections, they had all the, you know, they, they basically gained the knowledge of understanding that the relationships would really make you money. 
and then actually owning pieces of a company made you money. You know, it, yeah. instead of building a business, because a business uh, building a business is a slow process, and also you have a chance of uh, losing it in the process of building it. Yeah. Um, so I that. Right. Yeah. So and and a person who understands that if I got equity in a company, I and I'm helping you build your company at the same time, then you're you're making money. You just yeah. increased your income. Hey everyone, quick interruption. I just wanted to say from both Craig and I, thank you for taking the time to listen to us and our random rambling about life. If you have enjoyed this and think even one other person will enjoy this, then please share out this link, whether you found us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform. It costs no money and little time, but would have a great positive impact for our podcast and brand. All right, enough with the shameless plug. Let's get back to the podcast. But going back to it, like where we were talking about, you know, raising kids in a certain way and whether, you know, male, female independence and like what they want to do. And like I said, this is just for my lens, my, my perspective. I don't have many kids taken with like as big of a grand soul as Ozzy. Yeah. But like, while while the, the career, the industry, whatever it is, could be anything, people make money at all that stuff. Yeah. Right? But for me, the more important thing is like really instilling certain levels of values, certain levels, expectations for them early on, because like I said, anyone can make money in anything and more finding their purpose rather than focusing on talents. Right. So some people will say like, Hey, my kid is great at education. They're great yeah. at math. They're great at playing football. They're great at basketball, whatever it is, instead of finding just the talent that they're great at. Right to make it a little bit more agnostic as in it could carry on through other things, focus on what the purpose is. Yeah. Like why are they so great at playing basketball? Why are they so great at mathematics? What, what else can that like dive into? Yeah. And it's not like those things aren't careers. They are, but it's going to be a time where they can't do that career forever. Right. So like say if someone even makes it into the NFL, another like acronym for the NFL is like not for long. Right, because yeah. you can't do it forever. Right, the the amount of people that actually make it like twenty years in the NFL and actually like still reap benefits from from playing the NFL are very little. Right, so like people that you know did the NFL for a few years and you know they they definitely made money. Do they continue to make money afterwards? Most people yeah. not really, and the reason why is because they didn't grow other skill sets. Right, they didn't grow other talents. They focused on the on being in the NFL playing football. Where yeah. if you focus on purpose, like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. What is the, yeah. and for me, I'm like, I've really been focusing on like the end result. Like, what is the end result? Right. Because I think a lot of people, they look at something and they don't fully think it through as in, yeah, I want to play in the NFL. Well, what happens after the NFL? Right? Or I want to join the military. Well, what happens after the military? Yeah. Right? What happens after that specific career? What happens after school? What happens after this? Right. Um, I'm not saying they have to have like like that specific path to go down. Everything deviates, but why I say purpose is because when you have a purpose, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah, right. And the purpose. So, for example, if someone like for so for my purpose, right? I don't necessarily have like the the specific one, but for for a good time, it's been accumulating wealth and network, right? But if you really think about it. And like the national, the, the natural path or end of that path is to become the most wealthy person ever. Right. 
but but think about it. If, you, if you're the most wealthy person ever, there's there's certain things that you kind of stepped on, right? There's certain relationships that you either received a lot of value from or you kind of walked away. Yeah. Certain things like that, yeah. right? But if the purpose, and, and like I realize that's not like my actual purpose, right? And I you know it, it's a lot of contemplating I had to do. But one of my things, like for me personally, like my purpose was is to like educate people. Like, that's just like one of my. That's kind of why we started this podcast right is because we feel like there's certain certain things we've been through that we could probably educate others on and like expand their minds on because they're probably not thinking about this stuff. they might be but they might be alone right they may yeah. not think that other people are thinking about these things as well and you know that's like just kind of the thing i want to do so like but how do i do that right there, there's many ways right people go into education right they become instructors become teachers people create content on youtube create like video classes, right, that people can go through, that people can buy, um, people create podcasts, people, hey, it really depends on like that that level that you want to have influence over, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the the reason why a teacher may not make a lot of money is because the amount of people that they have influence over is very little, right? And the return on investment of educating those people can be very little, right? So there's a reason why a teacher versus a professor, a professor at a at a college will make more is because the level of influence that they have over adults that are potentially going to make more money in the economy, right, is higher. Yeah. So, and then depending on your reach, right? So, like at Harvard, there are a certain, le- there's a certain level of excellence at Harvard, right? Versus like, like UTSA here in San Antonio, right? I'm not saying that UTSA is a bad school, I'm not saying Harvard's like the best school ever, but there was already a level of excellence kind of put into get into Harvard versus into UTSA. Yeah. And then, but even then, like online courses or, or like YouTube content creators, you can reach everyone, right? So your potential to to make X amount of money is a lot higher because you could educate a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of co- countries and it's also readily available to everyone. It doesn't cost you anything to to watch a podcast on YouTube, right? It doesn't cost you anything to watch like a few YouTube videos on finances, on building credit, on building a business on YouTube. So there, there's a higher potential on overall revenue because it's readily available. It's still good content and it's quick, right? It's very short. It's not very strict on the content, right? It's very free flowing than it is like binary. Yeah. Yeah. So like going back to things that I guess help my children or to give them something that I didn't have to get them to a process where they can figure out what they want to do with their life. That was basically just trying to, I think you even touched on it a little bit. It's like giving them the, the, the idea of like, you can do this. So the same as like my, my daughter didn't know when she was playing this game and she was writing, drawing floor plans. I was like, well, yeah. you're, you're basically doing what an architect does and they get actually paid decent money. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, I wouldn't know how much cause I'm not an architect. Yeah, uh, it's possible. It's probably ways to make like, you know, so much money. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was the idea of like understanding that she's trying to create a talent uh, or a new skill. And I'm trying to give her the idea of like, okay, here's more you can learn to improve this skill. And I think she's still interested in it. Uh, Cause every now and again, she'll ask me, do I have any floor plans? Um, so she mm-hmm. can, yeah. So she can draw them. She want to test it out. All right. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I think that's pretty cool because uh, it would now be in a technology age and the information age, like there is no excuse why someone shouldn't learn something. And when she uh, shows me that type of interest, I'm just trying to 
point her in the right direction, which telling her that she's getting out at 18, right? Making her uh, already understand that she's going to be independent before she even thinks about a relationship that she's already thinking about a career. You know, it's a, it's a different society, right? And if it feels good to when she lets me know that she's planning on going to college, right? And I know yeah. some kids that, you know, her age are not thinking about college. I mean, honestly, right. we had some that they're 18, ready to go to college, and not thinking about college. So no. the the thing is, you know, not everyone needs college. And I think you even mentioned that. Not everyone needs that formal education to get to where they need to go. But if you are, spe- you know, you, you're going into a specific field, field yeah, a specific field, that they they need to hone in on those those skills to learn and then uh, and grow them. Because also, you know, College isn't just about those uh, learning a subject or whatever it is, right? It's all about those connections. You never know down the line someone that you were going in class with that has their own firm and they're looking for someone or they're looking for a partner or, you know, different things like that. That's what I forget what I was listening to, that that's the true meaning of going to a university. It's not just the education. It's the actual connections because you never know a professor, them being in the field for so long of uh, teaching that they've met all these students and these students come back to let them know, hey, this is what I've been doing since I've left your class, you know, and that there you go. That's a connection right there. And obviously the knowledge of understanding connections and relationships is where money really is. You know, it's not just the education part. I think that was like a, a bad thing for me is that like I saw certain things as like at face value. Yeah. Right. As in, uh, I saw college only for education. Yeah. Right? As in like, I didn't care who I spoke to, like, yeah, I was doing what, whatever it was. And, you know, hindsight wise, it probably would have been better to, to grow certain networks and, and yeah. grow certain relationships. It's just at that time I was fairly naive. I'm not saying I've been Less naive than I am right now, but uh, don't worry. I think it's majority of us. I, I mean, I'm I'm the same way, man. I I didn't. I had friends, uh, but I didn't. I was more focused on trying to get my stuff together so I can get out of the university, start making money. But yeah, the, you're no, you're right, man. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, uh, a lot of people, and maybe it, was, it definitely wasn't just me, but uh, like I don't notice a lot of people that say they do the traditional college thing, you know, high school, go to college, live yep. on campus, make friends, play sports, whatever it is. They don't make friends and stuff, but they'll like the friends they make. They're just only interested in what what they're interested in. Like yeah. maybe like if they're interested in parties and stuff, like they'll go out to party, they'll play sports, but they're not necessarily interested on like educational portion. They're not necessarily interested on the career that they could have afterwards and stuff like that. But I mean, it's still good to. And it's funny because um, I forgot who it was, but there was this one guy. He was telling me that he doesn't necessarily promote college mm. to his kids, as in like he's not going to force them to go to college. But if they do want to go to college, he tells them a couple of things, right? He says one, find the kid that has probably the most wealthy parents, right? Mm. Not don't just like make an organic relationship, like build a relationship, right? And then find like also the smartest kid, right? The smartest kid of that subject, whatever it is. And the reason why is because when you make those connections with those people, you will realize that they necessarily don't talk to each other, right? The the person that maybe maybe has the wealth. The most wealth and the one that is, has the most intelligence may not speak to each other, and I think that's a huge gap that you could probably fill, right? As in, if, say, if the person with the most money also aligned themselves with the people that are incredibly intelligent, like say, if you had like an Elon Musk, if you had a Steve Jobs, if you had a Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah, where the 
from an economical standpoint, the amount of money they could make together is greater than they could separately. Yeah. Right. So, and, and granted, I, I gave like pretty extreme examples, like not everyone's at Musk, not everyone is at Bezos, not everyone is a, is like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, right? But what if, right? Like, why aren't they? And yeah. it's because they're, they're typically missing one out of the three things, right? So like, like, it's like, they don't have the full piece or the full pie, right? They just have pieces of the pie. Yeah. And if you made it, oh, it would be more valuable, right? And I think that's like some, what some people miss out on. Like a lot of people will say, or no, but uh, someone will say like, uh, when you get money and experience together, experience will make the money and money will make the experience or we'll get the experience, mm-hmm. right? As in like, you have someone that's has a lot of new knowledge, has a lot of working knowledge, but may not have all the funds, yeah. right? But they're resourceful enough to get the funds, right? As in someone that has the funds that doesn't necessarily have the knowledge, they'll pay to get all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think those are like good like dichotomies to have and to kind of work towards or, or build together. Yeah. No, 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 that was a lot of, a lot of knowledge right there. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of reading lately. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't been reading, but I've been doing like a, I've been focusing a lot on like business type mindsets and hospitals. Like not, not just, I mean, all, it's always personal bros at some yeah. rational bro, like either while, while it's great that I have all the knowledge or quote unquote have knowledge. It's not great that I'm the person with a thousand hands, right? It's it's better to have an organization that has a thousand hands. Yeah. Right. Because if you're the only person, then you become the single point of failure for that organization. So how do you share that knowledge? How do you grow that knowledge between others? How do you adjust to people that have different baselines, right? Um, because like one of the things that I noticed that there's things that you probably heard when you were younger, but you didn't fully understand them, but you heard them again when you're older and mm-hmm. you did. Right. So like, say if I told a baby, Hey, you need to budget, right? That sounds ridiculous. Right. But if you start telling a 12 year old, Hey, you need to learn how to budget. You start telling a 14 year old, a 16 year old, an 18 year old, you need to budget, right? They're going to hear it differently because there are different points of life. They have different levels of experience and Mm -hmm. so there's, there's things like that. Like, like I said, the the stuff about gaining relationships in college, that's not something that I focused on. And I wish. I would like, and even if people said that, and maybe no one was saying that, but even if someone said that, I probably wasn't ready to hear that information at that time. But, but I will say, like, I have been listening to uh, this book called Hundred Million Dollar Offers. Yeah. And it's by this guy named uh, Alex Hormozzi, who I've been listening to for, for a little while now. And he's, I think, he's a great, like, content creator, great business person in general. Um, and it's basically a book on teaching you, like, how to sell. Right, either how to sell a product, how to sell a service, whatever it is, but how to make your offer so great that it would be stupid for another person to say no. Yeah, right. And just kind of that the building blocks around that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wish I took advantage of trying to make those relationships where it's more kind of career driven versus mm-hmm. like uh, the hangout time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's go do that. You know, you make all, yeah, you, you, you can gain a lot of friends that way, but you don't know which ones are actually going to be successful. Right. I mean, even if you did pick them by career base, you still don't know which ones are actually going to follow through. So that was something I wish I had done because it was the same thing. I was, I was thinking, let, let's get, get to school. Let's get out of school. Let's, let's go make some money. And so you basically following whatever your, your parents were telling you. And that's like, you know, go to school, get good grades and go find a career and, or, yeah. you know, you, you build your career and then, you know, things that get taken care of, which is not true at all. Like, yeah. uh, honestly, you, 
don't even have to go to college. You, you could, if you know where you want to go, then you can get there faster by actually focusing on that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I was saying earlier that, yeah, some things are specified. So you just gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta focus it. You gotta, you gotta get honed in. Cause you don't want, like, if you want to be a doctor, you're not gonna, no one will, will trust a doctor that all he did was study, self-study and then decided to take the exam. No, they want you to, they want you to like know that you went through the process of becoming a yeah. doctor. You went have that level of validation yeah, from yeah. And the schools and other doctors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, to get to gain that that trust, you know, from people. Uh, I mean, I remember you were saying something earlier about like someone taking your kids to the bank. I know I, I started that with my daughter, uh, but it's and it's a little different now, right? Because uh, everything's online. You can just yeah, yeah. You can just do do all, a majority of your transactions online. Someone sends you a check in the mail. Now you can deposit it by camera. You know? yeah. So yeah, you don't need to go to the bank. But the thing is having the experience to at least take them at least once or twice. I know I took my, my daughter uh, and she was probably eight years old, something like that, right? And you can tell she didn't, uh, she's like, why are we at this place? <laughs> you know, and then and I was like showing her how to deposit a check into the bank. It was, I think it was when we were that closed on this house that we're in now and we were uh, receiving checks. I'll say checks, maybe a couple checks, right? Um, from the transaction yeah. and what I I wanted to, her to see is an actual check because yeah. no one really has checks anymore so yeah. I'm like I want you to see how how it works to go deposit this check and what this check really is is representing money from someone else's account that you're going to put in your account and yeah. yeah so that was I don't know if she remembers but I need to find ways to like keep showing her that and yeah. the same for my son I need I need him to see it too I think being good, like, especially as you're on this, like, real estate path is to, like, take them, take them, take them to, like, the, the properties you're going to, uh, especially if it's, like, a multiplex. Like, even if you're not interested in getting it, like, yeah. it'd be good to, like, just go out, go check out a duplex or a multiplex and show them, like, hey, this, this is, like, not used to, or not what you're used to, right? Like, a single family home. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's something that people are making money off of, right? Yeah. And where you could show like stocks, right? If you have like a portfolio, you could show them like on your phone or, or on like the computer, whatever it is, like just continue to expose them to those different things. Because it, to me, it's kind of sad when, when people, like especially adults, they don't know things. Yeah. And to me, like, like I said, it's the information error. So for people not to know things, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a, a huge excuse now. Like there shouldn't be any excuses to why you don't know certain things. Yeah. If you don't know how to do surgery. Okay. That's cool. I don't expect you to just Google, how do I do surgery yeah. on like a grape or something? Yeah. But, uh, but no, like, no, like how to budget, right? How did it, what happens if you're in a car accident? What happens when you get pulled over? Yeah. Right. How do you do investments? What, what type of account should I have? Should I do, how should I structure my taxes? Whatever it is, right? But I think like, you know, especially if you're in that space as a, as a parent, it'd be good to kind of teach them because there's tons of different teachings out there, tons of different doctrine that, that could be like, it is the information error, but it's also like, there's a lot of misinformation out there yeah. as well. And and if you feel like when you have like a proven system for yourself, then that's, that's something that's not misinformation, right? It's, it's, you're doing it right. Yeah. You're actually executing on certain things and it'd be good to show them on that level on how to do things. Yeah, I could start. Well, I mean, I already I take them to more of the single family when we're getting this personal property, but not necessarily the 
process for investment. Uh, my, my son, it was just funny. He saw I had bought a house in Mississippi and he was just like, he had this confused look. Yeah, he had this confused look on his face. We're moving here. Like, oh, no, no. And then like, he was like, dad, you're going to lose your money. I was like, no, son, that's not how it works. So I was like, and like, I was like, but it's, but it's funny that he has that, that he has that consciousness of money now, which is pretty cool. Letting him know what we're actually going to do with the property. It, it like, I mean, it, when I finally explained it to him, because it, it took him a minute, all right, because uh, I think we had already made it back home, everything, and uh, I was one night, I was tucking him in, and I was just like, I, I, I laid on his bed, just talking to him, and uh, and I asked him, I was like, well, so what's your concerns about that property, you know, that house in Mississippi, and he was like, he told me what they were, and then I explained to him, I was like, so what dad's going to do is he's going to make it where we get some money from it, and I was like, people going to pay us to live there, and he then it, it like it started to slowly click and then all of a sudden it just like he had this relief like oh okay so like you, yeah you like you knew that it was a plan and that uh, it was another avenue to bring in income mm-hmm. and yeah that, but it's pretty good that he was he had that thought and then I took the time to explain it to him and then yeah. uh, another one for my my daughter actually I did it for both kids but <laughs> actually I did it for my wife too so that, uh, basically you know how you can add authorized users to a credit card mm-hmm. uh I added my wife a long time ago, and what I was doing with that process is you want everyone in the household strong with strong credit. So I was making sure she had strong credit. So when we go purchase a property together, that we have no, you know, uh, no one saying, "Hey, no, she has bad credit. You got to get it get the lower interest rate because you're carrying her." And you know, yeah. and so like I fixed it where both of us have good credit, and then yeah. and now and I'm uh, I found out that kids of younger age can have, uh, they basically have, uh, be authorized users. And mm-hmm. some credit cards don't even have a, a limit on it, an age limit. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I added them to a credit card that had like a limit of $10,000. And with that, uh, basically starting out the process of building a credit. And then my daughter, she came in and I, I had to explain to her what I was doing. Cause again, it, you could tell like that confused look like, so do I get a credit card? I, uh, yeah. Yeah, the credit card is coming, but it's not yours yet. They're like, and I have to teach you how to use it. So yeah, that was. <laughs> I did the same with my little sister, man. I actually had to sit down with her like last last month and like kind of talk to her like how like credit works and stuff. And she's sixteen, like she's not like an an adult adult yet. But you know, I've been doing this for like the past couple of years, where I like I'll put her on one of my credit cards as an authorized user. So she has like probably about the same amount of cards that I do. She doesn't physically have them because I physically have them, but like I've got like 10 or 12 credit cards now. Hey everyone, this is Jay. On behalf of Craig and I, we hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Troubleshooting Light Podcast. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform, then please leave a rating and review. And if you found us on YouTube, then please leave a like, subscribe to the channel for more content, and put a comment down below to let us know what other topics you would love to hear. All those asks take no money, and less than a minute to complete, but greatly improves our brain and reach to like-minded people. Alrighty, we're signing off the Trouble Your Life podcast. We'll see you next week.